Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Tim's Take, episode 63. Oliver is almost two. He is. Hold on, let me look at the date. Exactly three weeks from today that we're recording this. Oh, wow. So we're closing in. Yeah, we are. I feel like I have said to people he's almost two for so long now. Because after like 18 months, that's kind of like the fill-in. Yeah, I'll be honest. I think you started the almost two a little bit early. (laughs) I think I did too. Because now I think he's turning three or something. (laughs) There are times where you're like, oh, he's almost two. And then the other person's like, oh, my kid's almost two as well. And then you look at the kids and you're like, these are not the same almost twos. Well, now he really is that almost two. Yes, now totally appropriate. One, we're not firing on any cylinders and... 10 were like all the sparks, all the things were going off in your head. Where are we both at right now? (laughs) Hmm. That's a good question because I said earlier, I'm very sleepy today, but not tired. As in, if I shut my eyes, like I think I would fall asleep in 30 seconds, but I don't necessarily have like the painful behind the eyes fatigue if that makes sense. It does. So it's a little bit of a weird state to move through the world. (laughs) And one in which I feel like we operate quite a bit in as parents, which... No, I usually just go right to the painful, (laughs) like, please, someone's got to put me down. Put you down. (laughs) For a nap, for a nap, to be clear. Uh, Or I'm just going to be miserable and grumpy. I don't feel grumpy tired. I just feel very sleepy. So that is different, I think, for me. I, I have to be honest, you look pretty sleepy. Yeah. Your hair is going to like in your face. Your your eyes like aren't quite opening all the way. <laughs> Much better. Okay. Yeah. I move my hair out of my eyes. They can't see you. Don't worry about it. Shall we do an episode? Yeah. One, I, was, I was trying to tee us up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. Sorry. I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. You kept going on about the state of your tiredness and the exact definition. I didn't realize you were trying to segue us. And I was trying to tee us up. Man, uh, we're just tired all the time as parents. So does that mean we're happy as parents? Very good. This is the question we want to talk about today. Does parenting make you happy? Rachel, does parenting make you happy? Sometimes. It's a complicated question, isn't it? Because, and I think I first was thinking about this topic after our Friday night, our recent Friday night experience, when we went to a graduation party for someone we knew, and we were there, and it was just needing to watch Oliver the vast majority of the time. He was running around, then he fell over and banged up his knee, and then as he stood up from banging up his knee, he hit his head on the ping pong table. And so we're trying to like staunch the bleeding from his knee wound. And I just walked away from that. And I was like, yeah, you know what? That wasn't that wasn't any kind of fun. <laughs> I'm like sitting there trying to have casual conversation with some friends as like Oliver's knee is now bleeding out. And I just have like bloody napkins that I'm trying to like discreetly hide on my plate because I don't know where else to put them. I'm like, what kind of world am I living in right now? <laughs> yeah. So we had that experience. And that was at the end of a pretty grumpy day for the whole family for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know what was going on. But 
Then I came across this article that is titled What Becoming a Parent Really Does to Your Happiness by Paul Bloom. And we'll link this in the show notes. And the opening line of the article excerpt is this. The early research is decisive. Having kids is bad for quality of life. Which brings me back to the question. Does parenting make you happy? So I think the part that stuck out to me about this article and that maybe resonated in that it does make me happy. Okay, I like this. Is they reference this phenomenon called memory distortion. So when we think about our past experiences, we remember the peaks and forget the mundane awfulness in between. So kind of like on our daily lived life, it would not be surprising that you and I or any adults would say that they find more joy out of reading their emails, napping, shopping, going and working in the garden than being with their kids. But if you were to look back and say like three months ago, you know, did you enjoy being with your kid when he was just about to turn two? We would almost certainly say yes. Yeah, so I've been thinking about this because initially I was gonna come in really hot with a parenting does not make me happy. But I recognize that that was after this Friday experience, which was pretty rough. And I think the memory distortion thing is a real thing. I'm not denying that that is a piece of why we might look at parenting and think we're happy. But like if we're always thinking about, is there something else you would rather be doing or something else that you think would give you some degree more happiness... I mean, the answer is almost always going to be yes. It's like, yeah, I mean, right now, I guess I would be happier if I was on a beach in Hawaii. And then you're on a beach in Hawaii and you're like, well, maybe I'd be happier if I was like in a private bungalow in Hawaii. And then you're in a private bungalow and you're like, well, what if I was at one of those cool Maldives resorts? Like (laughs) it feels like constantly comparing to like something else that you might find happier in the moment is a little bit of an impossible thing. Like there's always going to be something. And so with parenting, what I was thinking about, I want to try this theory on, and then you can let me know what you think. Okay. I wonder if one of the challenges of parenting is that it is very challenging to be happy on your terms in the moment of parenting. But if you're willing to sort of change the game, so to speak, and play on their terms, you can find happiness. So if you're thinking, I like, can we have this moment be about me? Parenting is going to be very frustrating and disappointing because there's no world in which it's going to be about you. Like not even on your birthday with young kids. (laughs) Unless you go off by yourself as a birthday present. But if you're able to shift to say, okay, what are your terms? What are the terms of your game that you want to play? This is a separate conversation for boundaries, right? We can have another podcast about that. But let's assume the terms are good. Then like I think you can find some, some happiness even in the moment. Not just like thinking, oh, like maybe I'll look back at this fondly or something. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's true. It's not necessarily that you have to let go of your own needs, which is what I was almost going to say. But you do just have to shift like maybe your desires for a given moment. I mean, take like dinner, for example. In a world that like I'm just looking to serve my own happiness, like, I would just, I would not even be eating at home. I would be eating out somewhere. Someone would be serving me things. I would have no expectations of having to do dishes. I would only be uh, responsible for having conversation with you and eating food off my own plate. 
Instead, I'm responsible <laughs> for feeding Oliver, which means getting up 10 times during the meal to get him more food. It means their yogurt smeared all over. There's watermelon juice on his hands, which then he grabs my shirt with. Like, <laughs> there's a whole like mess of things. But at the same time, I'm like crying laughing because he's doing something ridiculous or the face he gives us or, you know, and so I'm like, I mean, I don't want to like simplify children to like entertainment, like the entertainment they bring you, but they do bring a significant amount of entertainment. I, when I think about like maybe the like natural outpouring of comedy (laughs) or like entertainment is maybe the best word in my own life prior to kids, I do feel like you had to like seek those things out so much more. Like you just kind of like did your life. But with him, like there's so much ridiculous and funny about having a young child that like it brings you laughter and joy because it's just so, so crazy sometimes. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I mean, some of it is almost like you just add another person to the mix. Yeah, and I think even practically speaking, two years into having Oliver, I think we've even shifted some of our, like, just how we approach things. Like, we have just recently talked about how we will probably not go out to eat at a sit-down restaurant with him for quite a while because the, like, hit on your happiness level is so severe. That it's just not worth it. And then we've been thinking, we're talking about doing a couple trips this year. And the only time I've been on a plane so far this year was by myself, not with Oliver or you. And the next time I think I'm going to be on a plane will be the same. I will also be flying solo. And probably the five or six years that we were married, I did that once before we had a kid. And now it's just like, you know, this is going to be more enjoyable if I just go without you. And that's okay, I think. Okay, okay. So let me enhance my theory that I suggested earlier. Because the things that we're naming, because I'm thinking about this, I'm like, okay, there are definitely times as a parent I'm not happy. Yeah. Like parenting is not happy. That grad party, like being on a plane is generally pretty stressful, like these things. These are all scenarios where you have to operate on other people's terms. Mm -hmm. In other words, there's social expectations of what should go on. But I was thinking like even earlier this evening, I'm playing with Oliver and it's like, we can do whatever and no one cares. We're not bothering anyone. And it was just super fun. And we were happy and having a good time. And he was playing. He was at one point trying to walk literally up and down my body, which was not great physically, but it was still, it was still fun. And there was happiness there. But in part, like when I'm talking about coming to their terms, it was because there were no, there was no one else's terms we had to deal with. <laughs> yeah. And often I think what the times when I am most unhappy as a parent is when I suddenly feel like I'm juggling multiple people's frameworks of expectations. Yeah. Which is ironically most of life. So now I feel like <laughs> I'm coming off like a positive experience with Oliver and maybe giving a too rosy view. <laughs> and it just, yeah, it depends on what social situations you put yourself in anytime there's more social expectations for your kid to be an adult yeah and why do we i mean but i do this too it's like we know kids aren't adults and as a parent you really know that and you hope no one else expects your kid to be an adult but i still expect other people's kids to be an adult do you do that 
Uh, a little bit. You're probably bit. a better human than me, so maybe less. I'm just remembering when we were grocery shopping last week and Oliver started to like want to get out of the cart and kind of have a meltdown. Oh. And I love you. Why you, would you remind me of this? You just kind of froze and you were like, we gotta go. I'm gonna go run and get everything. And you're like, ah, because you're like, we have to get out of here. He cannot have a tantrum in this door. And I'm like... It will be what it will be. And so I just start racing up and down the aisles with him in the cart. Be a kid. Go down to his level. And then he was fine. He was laughing. And then we carried on the rest of our grocery store run. No problems. Admittedly, you handled that moment better than me. <laughs> I know. but And I'm not always that way. But <laughs> I know. I like how that's your response. I know. <laughs> but it was like, oh, yeah. Like, if you just let them be a kid and you be a kid with them and forsake some of those social expectations then it can be a little bit easier it's hard though i'm not very good at that no you are <laughs> you are not <laughs> but it's a, i mean it's a, admittedly a hard thing it reminds me of this book that we are well not reading together you read and I've now read i'm reading by one of our favorite comedians mike brubiglia and this one's called the new one and it's Kind of this whole collection of stories about how he ends up becoming a parent after not ever wanting to become a parent. And he is talking with his doctor because him and his wife are having a hard time getting pregnant. And he realizes that the issue has something to do with him and that he has to have corrective surgery to make it possible for his wife to get pregnant. And I will not go into great detail about the surgery, but <laughs> it would not be pleasant for anyone so he rightly so does not want to have it and he says i have to level with him because it's escalating so rapidly he says doctor i wasn't planning to tell you this but i don't even want to have a kid and now you're describing a black mirror episode and i don't want to be in that one then he says something i never expected anyone to say to me never mind a medical professional look mike here's what they don't tell you no men want to have kids he's like i don't know if that's true but tell me more he says our wives want us to we go along with it but it's the best thing that will ever happen to you. You'll call me and you'll thank me. And it's the most joy you'll ever experience. And so he goes and he gets the surgery and they have a kid. And later on, he talks about walking his daughter around the park and people come up to him and say, saying, isn't this just the most joy you've ever experienced? And him thinking, no, <laughs> no, it's not. His journey is a particularly complicated journey, but a very human one. But it is very human. And I think it's both both days. Well, just circle back to our original question. What would you say? Does parenting make you happy? I do think it makes me happy. I do definitely do not think it is the be all and all to happiness. What do you mean? I think there are some people who would say like having kids like the happiness that you experience is so unlike anything else that like you just have to have them. Mm. Does that make Yeah, 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 totally. And I think there's a lot of joy and happiness that Oliver brings me, but I think I'm not naive enough to think that I could not experience that without him because we still do long for other things. I wonder if sometimes those folks are voicing and naming another thing that Paul Bloom talks about in his article, the nature of the attachment. Mm -hmm. That the attachment is unlike anything else, which makes sense. Like, 
I mean, biologically it is. And then we sort of map happiness onto that in ways that then actually like kind of put a weight on parenting that it can't, it doesn't actually hold up to. Yeah. Right. Like there's plenty of moments that are full of unhappiness and maybe we can answer the question depending on the day. That's probably my situation of whether parenting makes us happy. Yes or no, but it really isn't sort of, it doesn't feel like there's just one answer to that question. Yeah, I agree. Great. Well, we solved that. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Share this with everyone, folks. (laughs) Shall we move on to our closing segment? Yeah. Quiet Play Companions, where we talk about books that Uh, we're reading. Other things that make us really happy, and when I'm into a good book, man, is it hard to tear myself away to spend that time with Oliver? So I get it. You go first. Sure. So one of the books I've read recently is called The Maid by Nita Prose. Mm. And it's kind of this quirky, delightful mystery about this maid, Molly, who works for a hotel. And she kind of struggles socially. And one of her ways of coping with that is kind of her obsessive love of cleaning and proper etiquette. But when someone shows up dead in one of the rooms that she is responsible for cleaning, it kind of unravels this whole mystery and her kind of quirky behavior gets her into a world of trouble. Are you reading this? I'm paraphrasing. Oh. <laughs> Based off my own memories as well. It sounds like the the cover, like the... Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> very impressive. Gets her into a world of trouble. (laughs) That was my line. Anyway, it's just, it's super different. I love books where they like totally transport you into someone, someone else's world that is just like very unique and different, but it's also endearing and it's, it's a mystery. So there's a lot going on, but it's not, not like gruesome or graphic in any way. I just, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's quite well written. Nice. That's great. Uh, well, speaking of being transported into worlds, my quiet play companion slash recommendation is a fantasy series, but just the first, well, the whole series I love, but the first book in the series is City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty. This is a story that is like with Jin, D-J-I-N-N. And I, as I read a little bit more, it draws a lot on kind of the deep kind of lore and mythology of kind of Arabian Nights and some of the, those stories. But to me, it was just like a world that I hadn't read much fantasy literature in and so felt new and fascinating. And I believe the author herself, I think she is Muslim. And so then a lot of that kind of bleeds through into the book. A lot of it's set in fantastical counterparts to the Middle East, if that makes sense. As well as Egypt. As well as Egypt, yeah. And so it was just, yeah, really well written. It kind of feels like it was serialized, even though it wasn't, because you kind of read each chapter and you always want to read the next chapter. Like, she's really good at kind of writing that kind of page turning, like what's coming next. So really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'll I'll second that because I read them too. All right. Next time, we'll be celebrating his birthday. That's right two years old can't wait till next time i'm matt i'm rachel and that is your tennis take <laughs>